The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We have a podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. I'm Adam. And I'm Cousin Matt. Cousin Matt's back, baby! He's back! <laughs> our Cousin Matt, who is also uh, a lovely, lovely patron, is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time we talked, uh, let's see here, what was it? What was that, wait, what was that weed movie Half we talked ba- about? <laughs> Half-Baked. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, man. You're cool. <laughs> yes, it was a uh, a happy fun time episode, kind of like a stoner episode. Yep. <laughs> now we're gonna get to the other side of Matt, the very pissed off side. <laughs> That's right, little boy. You're going to hell. <laughs> You're going to hell. <laughs> uh, Matt is here to talk the 1999 self-titled album Slipknot. So, Matt, why this album? I'm very fond of it. Um, it was really the first kind of Iowa band that really made it. And um, and then uh, listening to it with you when I lived out in Las Vegas with you. So I can I can definitely say I was introduced to this band through Matt. And I think actually you introduced me to this band before you moved to to Nevada. Matt lived with us for, for what was it, about six months or a year? Around yep. that time? Yeah. Around then. Um, bef- I remember before when I was visiting... Uh, relatives in Iowa, you had actually shown me this album, so I'm pretty sure it was before then that uh, that you introduced it to me. Right on. Um, and we'll f- we'll find out how I felt about it later. But Adam, when was what was your experience with this album? And for me, I can't remember how. It might have been honestly like through John. It might have been Matt who gave it to John who gave it to me. Um, or I got it through other methods just from hearing about it, you know, because I was I was into some new metal stuff at the time. Like Seven Dust was at this point one of my favorite bands. Um, and so I had liked other like this, you know, mostly of this style of genre of music. So I think I just kind of heard about them. Of course, at, also at this time when they when they came out, you couldn't not hear about them. They're like, who is this crazy hard sounding band with these weird masks? Like, you know, like, why are they so crazy? Um, so that was kind of a thing that just kind of kept, kept permeating around. Like they, they're, they got a lot of press just because how weird they were, if you will, with the mask mm-hmm. thing. Um, so the album was released on June 29th, 1999. It was recorded at Indigo Ranch Studios in Malibu, California. It was produced by the band and Ross Robinson, who we've, we've talked about before, cause he also was the producer of the $3 bill y'all album by Limp Bizkit. <laughs> God. Uh, he was kind of, I, I he can was, hear some, he there's some similarities. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I heard that too. Uh, there was some. Um, uh, he's a pretty big name in that kind of new uh, metal. He also did Korn's first album. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so stuffed out of the album, uh, along with a couple of other bands, Glass Jaw, The Blood Brothers. Uh, he also worked with Tech Nine, The Cure, and Sepultura. Okay, I like Tech Nine. Uh, the band. Oh, I'm gonna go through this. Yeah. This is a. Uh, they all. They're, in addition to having names, they also have numbers. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you the number and the name, uh, and I'll go. I'll work backwards, eight to zero. Uh, number eight is Corey Taylor. He's on vocals. Number seven is Mick Thompson on guitar. Number six is Sean the Clown Crahan, who is on percussion. Uh, number five is Greg One One Three Jones. Does samples? I've never. I've never seen anyone in a band whose only job was to do samples, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is either weird or cool. Uh, there are two number fours. Uh, number four, for, uh, Jim Root uh, played guitar only on Purity, and then number four, Josh Brainerd played guitar on all the other ones besides Purity. So there might have been a change in uh, personnel there. Yeah, I think Jim Root is the one who eventually kept on with the band. I think um, you know, the other guy ended up leaving after this album. Okay. Uh, number three, Chris Fain on percussion, uh, also credited as on Vomit. What a name. Which we'll talk about when we get to that point. Number two, Paul Gray on bass. And number one, the indemitable Joey Jordison on drums, well-known in the drum community. Mm-hmm. And number zero, Sid Wilson on the turntables. Okay. So, so we, have sam- we have a samples and a turntables. Yes. Okay. So quite a group. Uh, Adam, I know you've got some more fun facts for us before we dive into the actual songs. Sure. Uh, the album peaked at number 51 on the Billboard 200 chart. 
Uh, it went double platinum and remains Slipknot's best-selling album. Um, a reviewer from allmusic.com would rate the album highly. It actually got pretty good favorable reviews kind of across the board, um, and he wrote about it. You thought Limp Biscuit was hard? They're the Osmonds. These guys are something entire, something else entirely, and it's pretty impressive. I just, I thought that was a funny little call out. Um, and I want to say, uh, I, as I mentioned, I was kind of pretty much into new metal. Um, not so much the Limp Biscuit rap rocky stuff. And I will just throw out there that's one of my most of those when that stuff happens on this album, it's my least favorite part of the album. Um, but like their metal stuff is really good, uh, and I like I like more of the metal side. Um, and for me, my favorite Slipknot album, if I have to call it, is probably Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses. Um, to me, there's a, it's a little bit more also melodic. I really like a lot of, like, the, you know, they have a lot of more melodies. When, when Corey Taylor actually sings, that guy can fucking sing. Like, he's a good singer. He's also a good screamer. But when it's, like, just the screamy stuff, that I, I was kind of intimidated as a kid getting into this album because it is harder than a lot of the other stuff I listened to, I listened to at the time. It took mm. me some time. You know, I got a little bit older, and I was allow, I allowed, allowed listening to more of like the the screamy stuff and got into a little bit more so I could like Lamb of God and Pantera um, Killswitch Engage is one of my favorites but they do a great job of like mixing the scream with the melodic uh, melodic stuff that's why I think I tend to prefer bands that kind of can do both and Slipknot has shown through time they're definitely one of those bands so I like that um, and I do per request from Matt 80 uh, you said you asked me to review a whiskey today absolutely Yep. Do you happen to have it yourself? I've got a bottle right here. In oh, yes. All right. We're going to do this together. So, we're going to do this together. All right. So on uh, one of my other shows called um, uh, our Cartwright Presents Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, hashtag check out our Patreon uh, for that. But I review whiskeys every every. Uh, episode and uh, we it means we're going to be taking a little trip today to Adam's Quickie Whiskey Corner. Welcome to Adam's Quickie Whiskey Corner. Uh, and today we are going to be reviewing the Slipknot's uh, branded whiskey number nine, and specifically, Matt, you requested the Red Cask. Yes, absolutely. So, For one, I love the bottle design, um, mm-hmm. and you know just. Slipknot, I feel like they're a little more satanic than most bands, so the sure. red cask makes sense. Yeah, it looks bloody a little bit. <laughs> you got to appreciate that. Got some corn with, like, yeah, some symbolisms on it. So so this is Iowa whiskey. And one thing that, you know, Matt, I don't know anyone who, like, appreciates Iowa more than you. Um, you've always been, like, Iowa's got the best dirt to grow anything. Iowa's got the best... <laughs> You know, pigs for, for, for pork. It's got the best. Anderson Erickson milk's the only milk I'll ever drink in my life. Like, and what I, I mean, I Anderson Erickson, I mean, dude, you got to admit. I mean, have you ever had that eggnog? <laughs> it's milk. It's fucking milk. You oh can't my God, tell dude. the difference. Oh, and they're, they're chip dip and they're cottage cheese. <laughs> oh. I mean, Iowa people love AE stuff. Um, but it, what I, what I want to give credit to you for, Matt, you are you're an Iowa homer. But the thing is that you were just talking earlier. You're not someone who never tried other places. You moved out to Vegas for a bit. You know, you have tried other stuff, and you opted to go back to Iowa because you know you love it. You absolutely know you love it. Um, and and so I think it makes total sense that Slipknot, which is the band, there have probably been some other play, uh, things and or, um, bands and whatnot that have come from Iowa, but like. Nobody has really embraced it like Slipknot has. Like they've absolutely pushed themselves like as a part of Iowa, and you got to appreciate that. Absolutely. So, so, all right. So I'm going to read the back of it because I always think the backs of whiskey bottles are pretentious and hilarious. Um, <laughs> building on the success of Slipknot's award-winning number nine whiskeys, Red Cask takes Cedar Ridge's aged bourbon and rye whiskeys and finishes them for an additional year in estate-owned red wine casks before expertly blending them for the most recent release. The red wine finish gives a new dimension of flavor, body, and finish to the final product, all while packaging, all while packing the punch Slipknot number 9 fans have come to love. Uh, so yeah, so it's a blend. So this already, it's not a bourbon. It's a mix of bourbon and rye whiskeys. So it's basically a burr rye, and then they age it in red wine whiskey. So, all right, Matt, let's do it. We're well, going to be now, as pretentious as possible. Hold on, as I do, oh, I do want to give a shout out to the guy who makes it. 
Uh, his name's Murphy okay. Quint. Nice. And, uh, yep. So check him out. He's with Cedar Ridge. Um, and, uh, yeah, he does a lot of good quality other, other whiskeys. Yeah, I know Cedar Ridge is a pretty popular brand out there. So, all right, let's give this stuff a smell. Mm. Man, I do get the nice red fruity grape from the from the wine myself. Absolutely. And I like wine, particularly yeah. Cabernet. So I like those dark mm. reds. Dark red floor. Yeah, so I'm getting that. I like I'm how you have your glass th- neat. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a neat man. I'm a, I'm a nice, I got even a fancy ass glass for it too, because I'm a, I'm a pinky raised fancy boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting some of the rye spice, some of the rye smell, like almost bready notes on top of it as well. I'm 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 a big old whiskey nerd about it, but let's let's drink it, buddy. Cheers, Cheers to you, you, Matt. And I had to say I had to look up where they were from. It says they're from Swisher, Iowa, which I had no idea where that was. And it's kind of like halfway between Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. Okay. Very There's smooth pleasant for a mix. Corn sweetness. Yeah. Some spiky rye notes, like it's a rye spice, I mean. And then and right then, at the end it kind of comes in and kicks you right in your nuts. Yeah. <laughs> good old like I like a good nut kick. But yeah, it's not. Uh, it's about sixty bucks, and it's forty-eight uh, percent alcohol, so it's ninety-six proof, which is pretty good. You know, it's uh, I, I I can go up pretty higher than that, but it's better, way better than like an eighty proofer, which is super easy to drink, like a little too smooth, in my opinion. This actually has some flavor to it, so yeah, this is solid, Matt. This is a pretty good call here. Thank so. you. I figured, you know, um, a good way to introduce what you, one of your passions into yep. this podcast <laughs> absolutely it's a good way up i anytime anytime john you want to do a, a tie-in whiskey tasting <laughs> i am always down for that of course you are you know because uh you know i can just write it off <laughs> and we talked about it on our show john it's yeah, a write-off true. now it's it's All become right. a write-off so. uh so before we actually get into listening to the tracks uh when i mentioned the personnel we talked about a track called purity now, uh, Adam and I talked about this before, Matt, but I don't know about you. The version that we listened to was actually the reissue version that does not have two tracks on it called Purity and Frail Limb Nursery. Is that right, Adam? Yeah, yep. One, the Frail Limb Nursery is like kind of like a lead-in, honestly. It's just like a, more right. of a, a speaking thing. Uh, and instead, it has the track called Me Inside. Okay. You didn't listen to Purity? No. John did not. I, I did okay. not. And it turns and it turns out I never listened to it because when I had the original CD that I thought was the original CD, I actually had the mm. reissue CD. Yeah, so, yeah. so I listened to the band version because that's the real version. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and so you definitely need to check out Purity. It got banned. Um, yeah, yeah, it's about a it's it's a real sad story too about what happened. And her name was Purity. Yeah, I listened to it as well. So maybe Matt and I can discuss that one when we get there. How about that? Sure. Sure. All right, and we, then and then after that one, we'll talk. You and I can talk me inside because I also listened to that one. I did both. I do. I do everything. <laughs> Fair enough. That's I the kind both of content ways, I, that I've come to expect from the Beef Up Network. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, what a plug! That's hell yeah. That's like great for a commercial. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, we'll we'll jump in. And normally, I don't bother with uh, uh, with you know just kind of intro tracks or anything. But I'm gonna talk about this one. Uh, which is called 7426170027. Computer, establish a security code for access to all functions previously transferred to bridge. Enter code. 17346732147627897776437 Charlie 32 789777 Tango 732 Victor 7317886436 Lock. I think it's sick. The whole thing 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 I think it's sick. You know what? As an intro, I actually kind of like this. I I think it's a perfectly weird setup, you know? The mm-hmm. whole thing I think is sick leads perfectly into the next song. It's got these weird freaky sounds. It fits great for like a heavy metal like and also kind of electric side stuff that they've got here. So when I saw Slipknot back in the year two thousand, in the year two thousand, sorry, you, you you came through. I was waiting for it, <laughs> and uh, so it was a it was a concert called Tattoo the Earth. This uh, preluded um, Ozfest. Basically, mm-hmm. Ozfest kind of just took all those bands after. Um, but Tattoo the Earth was in two thousand. I just graduated high school, and uh, you know the day was coming to an end. 
and I had already heard Slayer that day. I already heard Seven Dust. So it was just kind of a nice, really, really fun show. Um, and Slipknot was the last to go on. And they played that 7426170002. Um, but they played it for 10 minutes, it seemed like. I mean, it just went on <laughs> and on and on. And, you know, we're just kind of just waiting and waiting. And then, you know, we're all kind of just looking around at each other like, come on, bring it already. And the stage was covered with this humongous black flag that had the satanic, and it was a Pentecostal or Pentecostal. Yeah, pentagram. 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 And a huge flag over the whole thing. And then um, when the second, then the second song they came on, do, 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 do. The, the flag dropped, and then everybody just kind of looked at each other, and then just mass chaos pursued. The craziest <laughs> mosh I've ever seen in my life. I do like that. I do like that kind of like you take something almost to the point of lunacy, and then boom, hit them with the hit him with the intro and I, I think that does make it effective uh speaking of effective let's move on to the first actual song called sick I think this is a great intro song. It hits you right in the gut, right from the get-go. Uh, very percussive intro, hard, just boom. It's metal. It's in your face. It's It sets the tone for the whole rest of the album. Here comes the pain. Dude, Here, I, I love that. Yeah, they had that super fast, like so much percussion at first, and then uh, they had to stop for a second, pick up the pace, boom, and then they go even harder, like, it was awesome. Great way to start this song and start this album um, with those two things. You're getting almost auditory overload at the mm-hmm. beginning right here. And it's in a fun way, though. Have you ever seen Mushroom Head, John? That sounds no, like a I have penis. Not. Is that a penis thing? That's totally a penis <laughs> thing. Ah, stamp. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so another one of really cool band, but they're, they're not as well known as Slipknot, but they're called Mushroom Head. They have a lot of percussion. Um, if you ever get a chance, you should check them out. But uh, what do you think about the double bass here? I mean, I I do not play double bass just because I'm I've that's never been something I myself has been interested in really learning. Um, I have a lot of respect for the guys who can do it really well. Um, I'll be honest, it sounds a little mechanical, which leads me to believe that some of it was actually probably generated. Uh, through MIDI or something like that, which is actually fairly common in in recordings and stuff like that, um, because it has to be exactly perfect to be effective. Honestly, it doesn't bother me, even if it is, uh, you know, done through through MIDI, because it's the the impact of the final product that is more important to me than necessarily the than the method that they got there. Um, so I think it's it as as uh, as its musical intent is very effective. Where would you put this in as far as intros, like as hard as it goes? Cause you know, we listened, uh, when I was out there, we listened to a lot of, a lot of stuff like, you know, Romstein. And I think a lot of Romstein kind of comes out with these guys. I think that might've influenced them a little bit just because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of kind of industrial like songs. Um, right. Mm-hmm. It's a great opening. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of uh, anyone that was, I would call like a harder opening to a song that I can necessarily say anyways. The one I wrote down to be a very poetic um, or pretentious, whatever you want to say, <laughs> it comes together like a melage of cacophony, uh, you know, uh, in making the ear, you know, in a very pleasant, you know, but hurting fashion. Like you're feeling like the pain, honestly, because like the, the song is, it seems to be, I, I kind of go into some of the actual like, you know, meanings. And I think this, and a lot of this anger is a, is a theme. Um, in this album for sure but this one is basically about fighting back i think and possibly even getting bullied but basically pushing back pretty hard this one is drunk adam personified i mean just (laughs) this is a war (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to the next track called Eyeless. Money only motherfucker with the blind A million voices but how they Jewish complain How many times have you wanted to kill Everything and everyone say you do it But never will you get to California With a mother battle's eyes Get to California with a mother battle's eyes You can't see California With a mother battle's eyes I am my father's son Cause he's a fence I'm a mystery And that leaves me nothing Many times if you wanted to die It's too late for me All you have to do is get rid of me You get to California with a mother battle's eyes so here i do appreciate the here we're integrating uh more of our, our turntable guys because there's nine people in this band not all of them are playing on every song i don't feel like you're not hearing scratches on every single song you're not hearing samples on every single song and that's fine that's a good way to incorporate a huge band like this and i'm sure live that might change a little bit um, you don't necessarily need that for an album because I feel like it's just gonna be you're you're overloading them if you're having every instrument playing at all times all the time. But I've always enjoyed this one, one because it it changes the tone slightly at the beginning, um, but then really drives in once everyone else comes in. Yeah, I felt the same. I I enjoyed it. Um, good, yeah, good use of kind of like that electric sound or the electronic sound as well with this one, and then in come the heavy guitars and drums. Um, I, you could even kind of tell at one point, you know, not to say it started slow, it started off fast and pumping, but then they even kind of upped the tempo a little bit within the mm-hmm. song, and I could I, I could hear that going. Um, the song itself is apparently mainly about Corey uh, Taylor's dad and how he never knew him because he died before he was born. Uh, and that they have that line that you can't see California without Marlon Brando's eyes uh, was apparently something that was yelled by a homeless man in New York City. And that's how they got that line. Yeah, I've, I've got <laughs> oh, cool. uh, this song written down as Stella. Because 100% Marlon Brando is all I can think about with this song. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I think it's also had like good. They, um, when when musicians use stereo properly i felt mm-hmm. like they did that a couple times where like you'd hear certain songs on one side of your ear and then another on another if you're like using headphones or whatnot right like these guys obviously play with sound like mm-hmm. they're not just here to just bash you completely you know they're here to bash you in the head but also you know make you think about how cool and good the sound is that they're doing so. and Corey taylor has such a good scream especially on this song mm-hmm. all right well let's go ahead and jump into the next one because we immediately see a different side of Corey that we hadn't seen up until this point, and that is his, his it, that is, oh, Jesus Christ, that is his melodic singing ability on Wait and Bleed. So it feels to me like this was included so that they could have something to play on the radio. (laughs) It's not quite as heavy. It's a little bit more, like I said, more melodic. However, to me, it still fits within the realm of the album. Yeah. um, So this one, I want people out there to listen and go check out on YouTube the uh, Conan version of this when they're on Conan. Because um, hmm. this is kind of their first kind of mainstream thing they got, uh, Headway. And uh, just the look on Conan's face after they were done singing Wait and Bleed. It's, <laughs> and they gave the full performance. I mean, they were jumping up and down, you know, he's screaming. I mean, it's a really great performance. And it was just kind of fun to see it on, on mainstream. I do remember when they were on, but I don't remember if I watched the whole thing. So I'll have to go back and rewatch the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm pulling it up now. I'll, I'll save it for later because now I kind of definitely want to check that out. Um, the song hit number 34 on the mainstream rock chart. Uh, it was actually nominated for best metal performance at the 2001 Grammy Awards, but it lost to the Deftones song Elite. Um, 
Corey Taylor said of the song uh, that uh, the song's about that switch in your head that can go at any moment. You go from being a civilized human being to someone who can commit terrible acts. I've always been fascinated by the fact that we represent ourselves as civilized when at any point in any moment we can become animals. Um, this this is a phenomenal song. Like I like the more melodic side of it. Like I mentioned earlier, like these are that's that's why this is one of my favorite, maybe my favorite Slipknot song. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it's also it's one of their signature songs. Like you know, this is one that they're known for. Right. It's just fantastic. You know, it hits you. You know, you you get you you're not you're not getting just the scream and that's it the entire time. You're getting like you you're kind of almost getting a break from it, and it's why the the song ebbs and flows. And I think that's why it fits so well because um, you're getting like the extra hard, and then you're kind of slow. It, you know, when he starts singing, you're getting like the drumming. He goes do that doom, do that doom, and he's just singing, and then and then they go into and then they go hard back and forth. So I think that's why I like it a little bit better because it is it's telling its own little story just within its music. Yeah, his band uh, Stone Sour is uh, mm-hmm. definitely more on the you know melody side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it proves the guy. I'd say heavy metal singers get you know, kind of thrown into this idea that they can only scream. They don't know how to do it. But Corey Taylor, that guy can actually sing. If you listen to some of his melodic stuff, obviously with Slipknot, but definitely with Stone Sour, he's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. And he they make really good music. They understand music. And a lot of people also think metal, you know, they're just junkies that just like harder, better, you know, harder and faster and more distorted. Um, but actually, there's a lot of musicianship that comes in with it. Cool. Uh, there, there are two music videos with this album. Um, really? Two? Yep, yeah, two. One of them is basically the most used which is is it's really much just concert footage from Ozfest that they kind of put together into a music video but the other one is uh they call it the claymation version and it's actually just kind of they actually have like the character all of the um different guys from Slipknot as characters basically in claymation it's weird but honestly it's not it's not like a great one but it's more artistic and I actually kind of like it because it's stop motion claymation and it's just kind of fun you know not kinda quite like, like Tool, but... I was going to say, is it, yeah. is it like a la Tool or not? Or? There's there's aspects to it, but it's not... I'd say it's not as artistic and and and, um, and beautiful as some of those Tool creepy ones are, but it's more of like... It's got it's got a weird creep factor to it, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tool's Prison Sex. That's my yeah. favorite video. That's amazing music video. <laughs> Let's move on to the next song called Surfacing. This is probably my second favorite song on the album. Mm. Um, it is one of the, if I'm, I'm one of those people where if I'm having a bad day and I, I, I consciously need to calm myself down, when I, if I'm listening to music to do that, I don't go to soothing music to do that. I, need, I basically have to steer into the skid and go harder to basically just get it out. And that calms me down. And this is one of those songs that I can go to if I just, if I, if I just need to like scream in my car or something like that. I will put this one on, scream off, and scream along with it. Also, that weird little siren sound that they have on there, I love the fact that about halfway through it changes beats, and you don't quite you don't notice it until like after it's happened, where it feels like it's on one beat and then all of a sudden it's on another beat. Hmm. And I think at first I thought the band changed, but I think they just changed the beat. But I think the way that they do it makes you th- it's like an auditory illusion. That you think that it that something has changed when really it's just they just changed the beat, uh, or they just changed the part, not the beat itself. Yeah, good good feedback distortion sounds on this one. Um, potential meaning for this one is kind of like almost like an anthem for um, people who society you know they, the society doesn't care about, uh, and that because they're different from the crowd and you know they don't care about fitting in and they're just angry. A lot of anger with the song. Good double bass, fast and hard. I like this one. Yeah, this was this was a solid song. Yeah, this one's got a lot of like industry type rock that I was talking about with mm-hmm. Rammstein type mm-hmm. feel. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck it all, fuck this world, fuck everything you stand for. And you know, <laughs> younger myself loved that, but now I listen to it today, you know, and I got three little kids, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> this world's cool. 
<laughs> you hippie. You've lost your way, man. I know. I trust me, I know what it's like. Yeah. I know what it's like when you when you have to be all happy hunky dory. Mm-hmm. Even when it's not. You know what? But you uh, got you right. missed out on Coco Melon. So be proud. <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, you poor bastard. <laughs> No, but I had to go through little line signs, so uh, <laughs> to, to each their own. Enough said. Uh, all right, well, let's go on to the next one, which honestly for me is my favorite song on the album, uh, and that is Spit It Out. Did you never give a damn in the first place? Maybe it's time you when the tables turn. Because in the interest of all of all, they got the problem solved. And the friends is guilty. And the galleys are away of it. I try to stop dropping off. You were dead from the get-go. Bit my foot up. Took a guy stuck away. Scared of me now. Then you're dumb enough to thought. Always says it never was. Don't measure me to piss and vinegar. Don't tell me it's me. Think I fear your bullshit. Just another dumb blow. Dropping up the shit. It's another way to break through the noise. Another circle that has had to catch a bend. Gotta be that way if you want it. Sanity, literal, profanity, it's bad. So, Adam, I know you said you liked his more melodic stuff and didn't like the rapping stuff. I do like the rapping stuff. Because uh, you were uh, a Limp Bizkit freak. I, I, was, I wouldn't say a freak, but I was Y'all a fan do. of that first album, for yeah. sure, when we talked about it, um, just, despite some of the issues that they did have with that album. Yeah. Um, also, I, I every opportunity I have to use the term biggity biggity bitch boy, biggity. Uh, I will throw into there. <laughs> I just re- I really like the energy in this song because it is like almost nonstop all the way through, um, and thankfully it's just slightly over two and a half minutes because I think any more than that my heart would probably explode <laughs> from the ri- rise in, in blood pressure. So uh, to me, it's it's the energy that gets me through this. Sure, song. and it does have good energy, and it, it's almost a mix of speed rapping and speed metal um, yeah. for this song. So I I do like this song. It's it's. You know, I just I'm not a big fan of like the 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 rappy portions in general, and 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 you know see it some of the other later songs as well. But um, but in general, this is a good one. This was this was their second single. It didn't chart in the U.S., but it hit number one on the rock and metal charts in the U.K. Nice. Um, so it was pretty. They're still pretty popular, and it does have a music video as well, which I watched mostly concert footage with some like shining stuff. They kind of did some <laughs> shining parody stuff as well. So uh, some homage to uh, to horror stuff, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this was this was a solid song. Yeah, this is hands down my favorite song. Um, this was the song I wanted to hear the most uh, when I was at their concert. Um, this was a song that just got me going, you know. And mm-hmm. um, there's a little background to this song, too. Um, there was a local station, 107.5. They no longer exist. Um, and that was one of my favorite stations. I actually, the first concert I ever once went to was Alanis Morissette. And I won tickets at 107.5. Um, 107.5 was ones who, they had this thing called Dot Fest. And this was even before Tattoo of the Earth. And uh, they were pushing Slipknot. Well, another local radio station called 103.3 Laser, um, that uh, you know, they, uh, they won the whole Rock Wars, really. And 107.5 is no longer, but uh, Slipknot won the band battle um, because 103.3 was trying to push 35 inch mutter. Um, so if you ever get a chance, check out 35 inch mutter. Um, they are more of the limp biscuit type, even more so mm. than slipknot. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, kind of worth a listen. So spit it out. is kind of about the beef that slipknot had with laser 103.3. And ever since then, I mean, they're, they're a great combination now because 35 inch mutter's gone and 107.5 is gone. But, um, <laughs> yep, that's kind of a little background on Spit It Out. A uh, quick story that I just remembered. Um, I had a former student who was working at the lo- local guitar center, and I went in one day and he was there and we were talking. and He goes, Oh, you're never going to believe what happened the other day. He goes, Corey Taylor came in. And he's like, he's going to record something. So he literally bought like $20,000 worth of equipment out of the guitar center. Because he's like, all right, I need a drum set. I need this. I need that. He basically just bought everything he needed to record whatever he was doing. Um, nice. Which was like, was really funny. Sorry, that, that just came to my head. 
Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one called Tattered and Torn. This one gives me a little bit of corn vibes, but heavier. I can see that. Just, just in the way he's kind of like doing his kind of like, like almost like moaning growl through mm-hmm. some of that, kind of reminds me a little bit of Jonathan Davis. Um, which I mean, it's not necessarily to be a bad thing or anything. It just that's that's just the image that I in my head. Uh, to me, the song was fine, but there wasn't anything that like I don't go back to it specifically. No, let me off this ride. I'm about ready to get sick. I mean this this song. <laughs> This song reminds me of a dirty carnival, you know. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you ever uh, you've been with a carny, Adam? <laughs> How many have not been with a carny? Please tell me all about it, man. Small hands. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there, but yeah, that's kind of what Tattered Torn is to me. It's just a dirty carnival ride. You're ready to get off. You're like, what the fuck? Why was I even here to begin with? Yeah, it's it's one of my least favorites, um, and it has very little melodic quality to it, if any. There's some emotional quality. I think you know you're you're getting something there, um, but it's not as musical of a song as other stuff. So yeah, I'm kind of with y'all. I'm just kind of like yeah, uh, uh, move along, move along, sir. All right, well let's move along. Uh, however, if you listen to the original, uh, you would have gotten Frail Limb Nursery and then Purity. So gentlemen, I'm going to let you uh, take this one over. Sympathetic days, I create this waste Back away from tangents on the verge of drastic ways Can't escape this place, I deny your face So I get to my eyes, I think I'm slowly dying Put me in a homeless cellar Put me in a hole for a shelter Someone hear me please, all I see is hate I can hardly breathe and I can always take it Yeah, Frail Limb Nursery, um, I don't know the whole background on it, but it's about a little girl who was uh, kidnapped and tortured and I uh, believe murdered. Um, so I think that's partially the reason why the song was banned. Um, so, yeah, there's really not much to say. Um, don't steal little girls. Don't torture them. Don't, <laughs> you know, just shit like that. So I did I did look into it. Um... Yeah, so these were omitted uh, from the from the uh, albums so were put in the reissue because it was inspired by a story uh, that was published online about a girl named Purity Knight who was kidnapped and buried alive and all that kind of stuff and probably terrible shit happened to her. Um, but it was not a legitimate story. You know, like 99 and 98 or whenever the hell this thing came out or even earlier, um, they didn't put in like, hey, uh, this is a, a website called crimescene.com and they post stories that are fiction, but they kind of approach them as real. So Corey Taylor saw this story or heard this story, and there was um, a recording from it, which he used a recording of it at the beginning, which of the you know it's basically the recording of like uh, the la- of like the last time she was seen alive is basically what the recording was. Corey Taylor thought this was totally real the entire time, uh, but apparently it came out later that it was false and it was a, it was just a fake story. Um, but so it's a, it's it was fell under copyright um, because it was copyrighted material uh, from crime scene. And so basically they had to remove it because of copyright infringement. But you're right. The, this it doesn't take away from the intensity of yeah. these two things because it's still like a, a holy shit. Like they're diving into a real dark realm of this, you know, the story of this girl who got captured and, and tortured and, and buried alive and all this kind of stuff. And the song itself, uh, Purity, is it, it has a creepy, dark feel to it. Like, you can kind of feel that energy with the song. Well, and I think that's kind of what Slipknot is, is just creepy, dark energy. Um, yeah. And, you know, you gotta understand, like, one of the things that kind of drew so many central Iowans like myself to Slipknot was that. Um, a lot of us, we just kind of just like to sit around and smoke a bunch of pot 
And uh, then we watched stuff called Faces of Death. Um, what the fuck? Did you ever, you ever seen that, like, Made in America or Faces of Death? They're gore videos, just uh, uh-huh. death videos. Sure. And, um, yeah. You know, it's it's late 90s. There's nothing in Iowa. And it's just kind of yeah, what... Well, you need to get some shit to do out there, buddy. <laughs> oh, it's a lot better now, dude. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but the song itself I thought was interesting, and it kind of tells, it kind of recaps that story. Oh, um, Purity's yeah. great. Purity, John, yeah. you should definitely check that out because the riff. I will is check phenomenal. it out. Phenomenal, sure. probably the best riff, mm-hmm. at least opening on this whole album, um, and another great scream. Uh, all right, well then, if you got the reissued version, the one that uh, Adam and I initially listened to, uh, you get the song "Me Inside." Back and forth between my hangups It isn't easy to be hated Where you go, what do you do? Simpleton, live on too Cause you ain't, I never can No one's gotta get a lie Telling me, telling me like this song it's still probably like lower half of the album for me um i do like the melodic part though when he comes in um i i think that was really it's a really effective uh but it's still fairly middle of the road for me yeah i i honestly would probably put it as my second favorite okay. behind wait and bleed and then i would have spit it out after that um because it actually has a nice little mix of styles. You're going to get the scream, it and does. then he does like some of that singing portion, and then he gets into that nice big grand like melodic singing, and I think it works really well. Um, so yeah, I, I quite like this one. Uh, all right, well let's move on to the next one called "Liberate." So immediately I had three things come to mind. One was I really like this opening lick. It's very simple. It's still really effective. Two, I'm like, okay. I get a little bit of Limp Biscuit vibes here at the beginning. And then there's that that little part that you kind of ended on right there where it honestly sounded like Power Man 5000. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was still a fine song. I, yeah. Like when this one comes on, I, I head bang to it just like with the rest of them. And, I, you know, there's nothing that grabs me in the song, but there's nothing I dislike about it. I felt the same. I thought it was a decent one. I liked the line of the liberate my madness. Yeah. Liberate my madness. Uh, and it's kind of allowing yourself to just go fucking crazy. Um, I think that fits well. And so, yeah, this is a, this is a solid, I'd say, middle of the road song. Yeah, I love the line. I can't see from here, but I can smell your fear. And then it jumps into that, you know. Um, Yeah, a lot of going on in this song. One of my favorites. Uh, All right. And we're on to the next one called Prosthetics. I feel like I get a little bit of uh, industrial influence here, sure. a little Deftones, a little Nine Inch Nails influence into their song. Um, if this is the one I'm thinking of, I felt like it was a little too long. Um, sure, yeah, it's almost five minutes. But again, fine. Yeah, very industrial. That's what I had too. Um, real long drama drum intro, and I, mm-hmm. it's got like Sex Slave vibes to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're not you're not off. Um so I kind of watched it looked at all the lyrics. It's definitely it's like a if you would call it a twisted love song, but it's someone who's definitely obsessed with someone else and they end up kip- kidnapping them and he's basically like, you know, I, what was there was one of the lines that was basically like um oh fuck, hold on. Now I got to find it. I fucking you and pay me. Yeah, it, it was Was this the one that felt like it had like a keg feature at the beginning? Like just all tinny 
Yeah. I can't remember if this was yeah. the one or not. There was like, yeah, there's like a long drum intro. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The line, you won't bother me if you let me bother you. Like, basically, like, if you let me fuck with you and let me do whatever the hell I want to you, then you'll be fine. Um, then you won't be, you won't be a problem. So it's just, you're right. It definitely had that sex slave that kind of, I mean, this, there's some dark shit in this song going on. Yeah. This is the darker side of 50, 50 shades of gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, okay, cool. Well, let's move on to the next song called no life. Where's your key when you need a You ain't shit to the bottle on the best rent The maniac psycho Could I scream this if I don't look at all of it Menace women that scam me so Just enough to fuck me up again and again Hard life is out of itself But I'm back to fuck on up Cause this is no kind of life This is no kind of life It's no kind of life This is no kind of life I really like this song uh, I like the energy all the way through it. Um, I like the the riffs that the guitar's got going on. This one would probably be upper middle for me if I'm if I'm ranking stuff. This was this is always one that I forget is on the album, and then I'm happy when it comes around. For me, it was a it was a mix of both because it had some rap rock times, and like when it was doing the rap rock portions, I didn't care for that. But then there was like that bridge in the middle that I actually quite liked. Um, and there were like some of the times that he was actually singing and even like scream singing. I liked all of that. Um, so it was kind of, it, it ended up being back and forth. So I kind of think it's a, it's a pretty decent song myself, but nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah. One I loved when I was younger, one that I can't relate to now. Just, I got little kids, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. We're into like 12 straight songs of pure anger. Like as an adult, how, I mean, is this an album? And maybe this is a more final thought moment but like is this an album you would want to listen to all the way do you have that much in you anymore yeah i still get pissed right. off from time to time yeah i, okay. I need that <laughs> okay. outlet you know um yeah okay. i still go back to slipknot um you know still yeah. go back to slayer still love seven mm. dust so all those bands yeah. still mean a lot for me it's mostly when i'm in the car but nowadays no i listen yeah. more now um are you a kenny g 50s? guy you're, you're much cooler you're happy yeah and then like 90s okay. country 90s country is making a come around. Yeah. A lot of you're not the first person to tell me that they like like going back to listen to 90s country stuff. I do. I there's some of those guys that I still like listen to. Like I still oh, yeah. I'm still big like Dwight Yoakam fan. I think he was sure. a great great singer. I'm a thousand miles from nowhere. I know that's a great song. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, yeah, song. Uh, where are we? We are on diluted. So let's talk about that one. So for me, there wasn't too much in this song to latch onto. I did like the guitar riff at the beginning because it felt like they were throwing in a weird hiccup. It's like dun 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 bow dun 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 bow, and they like they like linger on that bend a little bit where it's still in time, but it almost feels like it's not in time. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. Um, where it just feels like there's a slight hiccup going on there. Or like it's like it's fast and then it slows and then it's fast and it slows like it's like it's jittery almost. I got heavy Deftones feel with this song mm. myself, and which is not a bad thing. I like Deftones as yeah. well. Um, uh, the the song itself might be about just kind of being tired of life and what the hell did did I do to kind of deserve this shit world? Um, maybe being depressed and hating yourself and feeling like you're being eaten alive by your own mind. Um, I'm not sure, but it's what it kind of has some feelings that I kind of read about. And yeah, in general, yeah, I'm kind of with you, John. It's fine. It's a totally decent song and uh, just it wasn't a massive standout for me, but I didn't dislike it. Yeah, for me, this one's like tattered and torn where it's just like, get me off this ride, yeah. up Tired. and down, I'm going to sure. throw up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
let's go on to the next one called Only One. I might do water. I might do water. I might do water. I coming up the first wave Better get an army Cause the fire let me unscathed You bet you about an hour On the top of the ship Wow, stick around Cause it gives you in just a few Step out the octung Get back and get stung Idiotic sense of yourself Are you that dumb? Tired of to me Totalitarian The one and only Motherfucker top of the world Maggot, I can't stand it Planned it Gonna crash landed Another one's consider me branded Another version of me Another version of you Every time I hear The beginning of this song I keep expecting it To to um, lead into Rob Zombie Oh, it does very much have that it sound. Very much sounds like I'm gonna start uh, start doing Dragula. Almost a, super system, fear. Yeah, I, I'm almost certain it's if it's not the exact same sample, uh, it's very very close. It might actually be the exact same sample. I'm not entirely sure, but the the song itself is okay. That's yeah. that's my that's, that's all you're gonna get out of me for this one. Yeah, I, I will say I'm a bit drained by this time. Um, just you know, I I like hard music, but this has just been a little bit more than what I'm used to now at 37. Um, it's just gotten, it's getting more and more of it where I'm just like, all right, I need a little break. I need a little slowdown. Like <laughs> give me something. And some of like the harder rap rock stuff in here, obviously I didn't care for, um, but I like like the, the line, the, the only one of us walks away. Like obviously he's, he's one to fight somebody and is going to come down to one or the other or something. Is kind of what I got. Yeah. I would have to so. seek this song out. Like, you know, there's a lot of songs in this album. So, you know, it was when I was younger and I was listening to it much more, um, there would be some songs that would kind of come in waves and spurts. And uh, this was one of those songs where, you know, really depending on the mood, because, um, yeah, w- only one of us walks away. Um, you've had it enough with this person and you're going to fucking kill them. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the last official track on the album, which is actually kind of three tracks in one. Yeah. Uh, So we'll start with the first one, which is the official song called Scissors. Yeah, this song did nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. It felt it, it felt like it made sense as an ending kind of song for the album because it was like long. It's like an eight minute song on its own or something like that. It kind of devolved into madness, and I think that totally fits well with the themes and the vibes of the album. But I was kind of I was just kind of done with it by the end of this time I, myself. Yeah, they're. I don't know. I think they're kind of like Halloween rock. If there's mm. such a thing. And um, sure. mm-hmm. that's a lot what this song is. And it's perfect. This the, the description, you know, the title, Scissors. I mean, that's perfect. But it's definitely a song that I never wanted to listen to or seek out. Sure. 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 Uh, so if you listen to this, there's about four or five minutes of silence. And then there's a section which actually has a track name called Mudslide. And it's basically mm-hmm. just a conversation. Uh, between the band members, along with Chris, the percussionist, vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they are all watching uh, German scat porn. Something about pudding, I think, in there. Just pretend it's pudding. Um, yeah, not good. Not, not, nothing, I've, you know, no no knocks to anybody fetishes out there. Not fetish shaming. That's one that I never have been able to get into. <laughs> that was more, it was just a shock. It was just to watch shock oh, yeah. things. Same reason why sure. we watch the death videos and stuff. I mean... Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely watch plenty of shock porn. And there's still stuff today. I mean, two girls, one cup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, and I believe, because I don't actually have this on my online one, so if you get the online one, they actually have separated scissors with the final hidden track, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but the Mudslide one in the beginning is not anywhere on it. No, so not separate. No, it's not on the digi- I couldn't get it on like, my, my Spotify pretty much without searching for it separately yeah but yeah uh and then that brings us to the hidden track oh bother called eeyore <laughs> 
rather liked the hidden track. I did too. Yeah, it's I love like, it. It's <laughs> it's blast beady. It's a little bit different than what they've been giving us before, but it's yeah. it, it's fun and it's it's short enough that it's not um, you know, it's not like five minutes of this. It's just a little over two and a half minutes or so. But I actually really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been my it's WWE more the, okay. introduction right there. Oh, nice. <laughs> I am the great big mom. <laughs> It's more like speed metal almost, yeah. you know, oh, with the style compared to other stuff. But yeah, I, I liked it. I actually picked me up pretty good. I kind of would have preferred it earlier in the album just because, like, maybe I could have used that pickup at one point. Uh-huh. Um, because, yeah, but it, was, but it was solid. It was actually a legitimate solid song. Absolutely. All right, well, let's dive into our final thoughts. Adam, I'll let you start. Sure. So as I kind of mentioned, you know, I got a little bit tired of, the, of the, the vibe and the style after a bit. And the rap rocky stuff isn't my favorite. But it didn't really take away from enjoyment too much of the album. I did still like what I heard. I still respect them as band people, you know, as, as musicians immensely. Um, and I'd say it's not my favorite. I think Volume 3 is my favorite uh, Slipknot album that I've heard. Uh, but overall, it was still fun. It was still fun. You know, I don't go back and listen to, like, heavy, extreme kind of metal stuff as much as I probably should because I do like it. Uh, and so... I enjoyed myself. You know, it had some things that, you know, I got, like I said, got a little tired of. But overall, this was a good pick. And it was kind of nice to kind of go back to some of those, you know, late 90s, early 2000s when, you know, I was a teenager as well. And I was fucking angry as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of nice to get those emotions. So I I would still probably call this my favorite Slipknot album. Um, The first half, for sure, is one I continuously go back to. Um, but I will often, when I do listen to, I will listen to the whole thing. At as you said, the back half does get a little sort of blurry to me, as far as like we're all trying to zone out because nothing is particularly grabbing me uh, into focusing in it. But it's not bothering me where I'm like skip, skip, skip. It's good. It's good music. It's good sound. It does, as you said, get a little old out over time. But man, those like those first six s- songs just like i could listen to that as just an ep by itself over and over and over again really really great stuff so uh, i was really happy to go back and revisit this album matt bring us home yeah i'm just uh i'm really glad that i introduced you to this because you introduced me to a lot to pretty much every rock um and before you introduced me like alice in chains and pearl jam um pretty much all we had was my mom's dirty dancing album which you know (laughs) hey man those are some greats. That's a, it's still a great soundtrack. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and it, you know, it's really fun going back, uh, listening to Slipknot, because it was a big part of my life, and I think it still holds up. You're correct. The first six are just phenomenal. You, you kind of forget that it's got 14 – is that right, 14 tracks? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, Wild. you know, most rock uh, albums, when they first come out, especially, like, with Tool, I think they only had, like, six songs on there. Their album. I feel like most mm. um, self-titled albums, there's not a lot of sure. songs or content. But like every Tool song is like seven minutes long, so you can have a couple. <laughs> of short ones. There's always that. And, yeah. And you just reminded me of the fact that when we did that big uh, South Dakota family trip, is when the Allison Chains album Grind had come out. Is that the one um, with the and dog? I had, Yes, and I had that one uh, on in oh, with yeah. my CD player, and I was listening to it a lot. And I think I remember like sharing it with you. That's and um, yeah, or, I went and got that album with Molly yet. the weekend after. Nice. Mm, yep. Uh, Molly, one of our other cousins. Yeah, I definitely remember that album. Yeah, John and yeah, Molly had the biggest sure. kind of um, influence on my music, other than Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. <Dirty> <laughs> Hey, but I tell you what, I got those Swayze hips. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I have no Woo. butt and a real small penis, but my hips can move, baby. That's all that matters. That's all the ladies need. Uh, I, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for uh, suggesting this. Uh, it's yeah, always fun good. to have you on. Always a fun conversation. Thank you, gentlemen, and thanks to BFOB Network. Woot woot. Uh, all right, that was our review of the self-titled album, Slipping Up. Please join us next time as Adam and John lawyer up to break down the 1997 film The Devil's Advocate, discuss the TV show Law and & Order, and recast The Devil's Advocate using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, and if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. 
To find us on social media, search for at LastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.